This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello and welcome to On The Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by MyBookie. My name is Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. And I'm joined as always by Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. Matt, happy Thanksgiving, man. How's life? You too, man. It's a, a special uh, Thanksgiving Eve episode, so we're uh, I'm sure we're both uh, about to get... About to get a little crazy after this. I know I'll be on my couch watching Disney Plus. So yeah, we're uh, we're really going crazy. Sounds here. like a banging <laughs> evening. So yeah, everything's good, man. Had a had another good week. Swept cash. Um, just just rode the Laird cash cow all the way to the bank. So <laughs> it's funny because it was, it was a good such week. a bad play, but it puts you on the right guys you know what i'm saying like all that matters that's all that matters um i never understood the laird thing i didn't know if it was like a a social experiment that was going on on twitter but uh you know what it worked out for you so congratulations i mean arguably the the worst play was playing the dolphins because they got negative one (laughs) (laughs) uh my week was not nearly as good uh i honestly I've just been, not to make excuses, I've just been crazy busy. I didn't even put in my usual $100 donation to the spy. I really just played our head-to-head contest, and sadly the Listener League didn't fill again. You know what happened? I keep getting invited to another contest by somebody in that, so we might have to look into that, Jones. Yeah. Um, I do want to just give myself a quick shout-out. Uh, just Just officially confirmed via Twitter, three people out of 1,200 in the Scott Fish Bowl, finished with an undefeated regular season. And I myself am one of those three. So There you go. Pretty proud. Uh, I owe it all to Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. It was kind of <laughs> hard, <laughs> hard to lose if you drafted both of those guys this year. Yeah, if you so, blew that. <laughs> yeah, the best part is, is my third round pick in, on that team was Antonio Brown. So mm-hmm. if I had gotten anything from him... I might be looking at a real juggernaut, but regardless, I still finished undefeated 13th overall in points scored, so I'm pretty happy, pretty proud of myself, excited to lose in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I didn't do quite as well record-wise, but I'm, uh, I think I was second in my conference and, uh, and secured the bye, so I'm, I'm happy to sit back this week and uh, watch these plebes all fight it out in the <laughs> uh, wild card round, all these pores. <laughs> Rotoviz is just killing it because I think last year uh, one of the dynasty guys won the fishbowl. So hopefully we can make it back to back years with an RV guy uh, taking it down. 
trying. Uh, before we get on to this slate, just want to remind you guys about Road of His Patreon. Uh, Road of His Patreon is rolling as we head towards the fantasy playoffs. Fantasy playoffs might even be here, depending on what league you're in. Uh, and if you sign up, you can gain exclusive access to the Road of His Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Get ready for the playoffs. Become a Road of His Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and and continue to produce high-quality industry-leading programming. That's patreon.com slash Road of His Radio. And speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 10% off a Road of His NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Get ready for that playoff push. Gain unlimited access to all of the great NFL content and tools over at Rotoviz. So you get an amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, rotoviz.com slash podcast. All right, week 13. Uh, we, we have no buys this week. So that makes up for the fact that we have a three-game Thursday Thanksgiving slate. We're not going to focus on that one. We're going to focus primarily, and uh, I shouldn't say primarily. We're only going to focus... On exclusively. <laughs> exclusively. That's the word I was looking for. <clears throat> on the uh, the Sunday main slate, as usual. So let's start with the quarterback position. We've got two guys up at the top this week, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Uh, Mahomes with a much, much better matchup. He's taking on the Raiders, while Lamar Jackson has to take on the 49ers, who have been great defensively this year. So uh, are you paying up the extra little bit to get to Patrick Mahomes, or are you taking the discount with Jackson, who has undoubtedly been the best fantasy quarterback this season? Yeah, I think you have to, you kind of have to ask yourself a couple of questions. Like the first thing is, do you think that San Francisco, as as good as they've looked on defense, you have to like think, is anybody capable of stopping Lamar Jackson? I don't know if the answer to that is yes. I personally don't really care about matchups in general. So um, that that wouldn't really be something to scare me off. I think that it really depends on what what we're talking about. Like if you're saying for for tournaments, I feel like Mahomes is obviously more expensive and he has more expensive pieces, but he's easier to stack, right? So um, Lamar can throw a touchdown to Willie Sneed and like, do you really want to roster Willie Sneed or whoever else? Um, You know, it could be, it could be Marquise Brown. It could be Andrews. It could be Boyle. Um, so you, there's, you're sort of spread out there and it's a little bit more difficult to really capture all of the, uh, you know, all the touchdown equity with a stack or two. Um, whereas Mahomes, I think it's a little bit easier. So I, I don't know if, I don't know if this is, uh, going to be a week where I pay all the way up here in cash. Um, I really don't know how popular these guys are going to be in general. Um, and GPPs, I'm sure they will be. But what what are what are you doing between these two? I mean, Patrick Mahomes should be popular. He deserves right. to be popular. It's a great matchup. Really, really good matchup. Um, you know, Oakland just surrendered a huge game to Sam Darnold and the Jets, which nobody is going to confuse with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are coming off of a bye. Andy Reid, historically one of the best coaches in football in that situation. 
and they're implied for a slate high 30.5 points right now. So for me, I, I'm paying up for, for Mahomes this week. I mean, Lamar with that rushing upside is very tantalizing, and this probably will be one of the weeks where you can get him at lower ownership. But if there is a defense in football that's capable of containing him, it's San Francisco. Uh, I just think that personnel-wise, they're a little faster. Like they just match up a little bit better with the uh, with the Ravens than like New England did, for example. So you know their defensive line is is very athletic. I, I think that they have not necessarily the pieces to shut him down, but I think that they might come closest to do that out of everybody. So it's an interesting question, right? Like it's really going to depend on what the ownership looks like for him. If he's going to be, you know, like 10 plus percent owned, even in the same, you know, even in this matchup, then I'm fine with fading him. But if we're getting below that, then it probably makes sense to to target him in a contrarian spot. Right. All right, let's move down a little bit. We've got a, a pretty healthy group of quarterbacks here in the 6K to $6,500 range. Uh, Aaron Rodgers taking on the Giants. That stands out to me as a particularly good matchup. You've also got Jameis Winston, your boy. You got Kyler Murray. There's suddenly red hot Sam Darnold taking on the Bengals. Any of these guys stand out to you? Um, yeah, I mean, all for all the reasons that we talked about uh, Jameis last week, I, I don't really think that anything has changed, right? Like he's, what, maybe he was 6200 last week, was he? Like $100 cheaper. So basically the same price. He put up another 29 DraftKings points last week on another only 20. 20- another two glorious picks. <laughs> oh, of course, but that's fine. Um, no, it's just for my for my league leader and picks bet. <laughs> Got to keep padding those stats, Jameis. Yeah, what? Uh, yeah, it's it's just absurd. But you know, he <laughs> he hit the 300 yard bonus for the sixth time in a row. He had multiple touchdowns again. He rushed for almost 40 yards, which is basically an extra 100 passing yards. Like, I don't really know how you how you can poke holes in playing Jameis uh, pretty much <laughs> no matter what the situation is at this point. Um, even with, like I said, with a little bit of lower volume, he still threw over 25 times and uh, and put up nearly 30 DraftKings points. So he's definitely somebody I'm interested in. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. Like obviously all these guys, the, the ones that you just mentioned already, like Rogers, you could definitely throw in a GPP Kyler. You can stack with Kirk, um, for a reasonable price and feel pretty good about it in a tournament. And then like, I don't know, what are you, what are you doing with Darnold? Obviously. No, no. I mean, it's, it's a good matchup. I don't like that. His price has now come up over six K. Like, as as good as the Jets looked last week against the Raiders, like, it was a smash spot for them, and they were playing at home. Now he has to go on the road. Like, I just think that this is a nice spot to kind of sell high on Sam Darnold a little bit. He was out at the club the other night making out yeah, with some bro. chicks, so he, it's all going in his head. So, I don't know. It's um, all downhill from there. Yeah, the, the one guy <laughs> that I can firmly cross off the list in this price range is Baker Mayfield, right? Like, no interest in him going up against Pittsburgh. Uh, he looked great against Miami last week. Don't care at all. Miami stinks. You know, like, I think if he didn't look good in that game, that would have been a huge red flag. So I'm not looking at that as like a, oh, Baker's back type of moment. I think it was more just a Baker finally got a soft matchup and he crushed. 
He does not have a soft matchup this week. Yeah, but are the Steelers going to be able to do anything with uh, with Duck Hodges in there? I, like, I just feel he he managed to score almost 22 DraftKings points a couple of weeks ago in a game that he only threw for 190 yards. I don't know. I, uh, he threw a couple I don't, of touchdowns. I don't think Duck Hodges is any worse than Mason Rudolph. He might even be better. Yeah. I, Plus, I, don't know. I think Duck. that game's going to be weird anyway, so... But yeah, no, I I get what you're saying. I, I'm not like prioritizing him, but I'm definitely not just like crossing him off the list either. Well, what are you? Um, are you playing every single quarterback this week? <laughs> no, we've talked about like four people. Okay, so who in this range is your least favorite then? Well, I mean Goff, obviously. Um, wow, you're done with your boy Goff. I mean, he hasn't thrown a touchdown since like the beginning of October, right? Yeah, he yeah. hasn't, or no, the end of October. Like, it's just absurd. They they look awful. They look lost. He's scored less than seven DraftKings points in each of the last three games. Um, I, I think that's the that's like the obvious cop out answer. Like my next worst play out of that out of those guys that we just talked about would probably be that I don't really want to I don't know what to do with Aaron Rodgers right now. And I just don't really feel like trying to figure out what what to stack them with and and how to get exposure there and what are you doing on the way back with the Giants like I I'd rather not have a piece of that game well the Um, Giants part is easy Darius Slayton absolute stud obviously (laughs) um yeah like that what's the total 45 in that game um they're favored by almost a touchdown like they could they could just completely take the air out of the ball like it's not the it's not the script that I want and I think that they should probably be favored by nine or ten points because the Giants are just god awful um (laughs) so yeah I mean the obvious smash in cash this week is Dalton right negative that is not a smash play oh it's happening 4700 come on um yeah I mean it's it's cheap I'm going right back to Carson Wentz. I know we kind of hyped him up last week and he stunk, but Wait, don't week, don't put a we in there. Okay. I I was very <laughs> in on Carson Wentz last week and he stunk, but now he's got the GOAT matchup. Taking on the Dolphins, dead last in pass defense DVOA, just got shredded by Baker Mayfield who has basically been DOA for the entire season. Like I will pay if, the extra 1000 bucks. Going, if they don't get it going this week with Wentz, it's over. Just sell the team, move to Mexico City, like <laughs> it's over. If you can't get there against the Dolphins, then there's serious issues there. Just trade back for Foles, right? Perfect time for the playoffs. <laughs> uh, any other of these sub six K guys that you're looking at? Uh, no, I, I mean. If you if you just want to go off the wall and do like fits to Devonte Par- Parker, like whatever, sure. But I, I'm not really that intrigued by anybody else, just because, like I said, I don't want to. I don't really see the ceiling here, and a lot of them don't have great stacking options. So I'm just kind of kind of over the cheapos this week. Yeah, I, I might look at Nick Foles at 5700 uh, against Nick. Tampa Bay. You know, he's you throwing love all the these ball. Shitty quarterbacks. <laughs> You just recommended Andy Dalton. Yeah, he earned his spot back because he's been practicing <laughs> so well. <laughs> he's not Ryan Finley. That's how he earned his spot back. Yeah, well, the, uh, just the fact that they put him in at all is absurd, but yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, Foles has thrown the ball 47 times or more in each of his last two games, and now he gets Tampa Bay. So I hear what you're saying about the stacking thing. Like, it's pretty tough to stack the Jacksonville passing game because it feels like it's a different guy every single week. But I don't think that a game stack in that contest would be like an egregious decision. And I think obviously, like you mentioned, more people are going to be on the Tampa Bay side. So if you did something like Foles with uh, Fournette and, you know, DJ Chark or DD Westbrook, something like that, and ran it back with one of the Tampa Bay guys, I think that's an interesting uh, way to go. All right, let's move on to running backs. Christian McCaffrey, he's stuck at 10-5. His price just will not budge, despite the fact that he continues to crush. I mean, this is now five straight weeks with at least 29.1 DraftKings points. He's been over 30 each of the past two. He's been basically over 30 every week this year, or this season. So any reason not to go to him against Washington, who has been a disaster? No, like this is just, this is absurd. The ownership on McCaffrey last week in the $100 single entry double up was egregious. He was 6% owned. Camara was like 70% owned. Like if you're going to fit, I don't know, man. Like I just, I don't understand. I I really assumed that the higher, the higher like buy-in double ups, that he would just be chalk. And nope. He was literally like just over 6%, which wow. is just, which is insane. Cause there was value last week. Like we're joking around about Laird, but like you could throw in Nikhil Harry, like a lot of people did and get there pretty easily without making like horrible decisions elsewhere. So I just, I don't understand how you can't figure out like 10, five for a Christian McCaffrey. Just, you just have to do it. Yeah, I think I think this week it'll be a little bit different because last week there was Kamara to kind of soak up the ownership. This week there is there is no pivot, right? Like there is no guy that you're looking at that you're going, okay, well he can give me a similar type of you know game situation skill set to McCaffrey, and I can get him at three k cheaper. Like you know, you don't think you don't think people are going to go to Henry. Oh gosh, I hope I don't. I would not. I mean, I I know I kind of talked about it last week as being a, a a chase situation, and then he just dominated again. But certainly not doing it now that he's seventy six hundred and has a pretty tough matchup against the Colts. So now I think if any if the the pivot is Fournette, but like the difference between McCaffrey and Fournette is monstrous. Yeah. All right, so yeah, moving into that next year, I do think Fournette is the is the best play of this next group. Just remains an absolute workhorse, you know, getting tons of work on the ground. And if his team is behind, he gets tons of work through the air. Last week, he had 24 carries to go with 12 targets, yeah. scored twice. Uh, like, who else in this price range is the target if not Fournette? Yeah, I mean, he his pass game work is just like... It's it's what you expect from a McCaffrey or a Kamara. Like it's it's getting to the point where, like I don't think I think you could have expected you know four or five targets, uh, maybe a six or seven here and there. But like for him to get twelve targets is is pretty absurd. I I don't know, man. Like I just said with the with the Giants game, 
if I think that they're just going to blow the doors off, like I wish we could just trust them to use Aaron Jones, right? Like they're, they just don't like, (laughs) there's no, it's the, it's the strangest thing. Like he hasn't had more than 15 carries since the first week in October. Yep. And, you know, he's had a few of these games where Devontae Adams was out and he saw a bunch of targets. And now over the last two weeks, he's seen a total of one target. Like, it just doesn't make any sense that they're not using him. And this is the whole, like, this is the whole crux of everything for DFS, right? Like, what we think they should do is not always what they are doing. Like, I wish we could just trust the coaching staff to be like, Aaron Jones, confirmed good at football. Let's make sure we get him the ball. And they just just refuse to do it. It feels like we hit that point, though. Didn't it feel like we hit that point last year where we were like, okay, Aaron Jones yeah. confirmed better than Jamal Williams. And, and then, it seems nope. like we've backtracked. So. Right. And Jamal Williams has been like, has put up usable weeks. Like he's an RB2. Like it's it's insane. Um, <clears throat> outside of that, like I am fully, fully off of Saquon. It's just... They they need to just fire Shermer. Uh, there there's no reason that that guy gets like what did he get three targets last week and they gave him the ball like fifteen times. It's just it's absurd. But this whole range is disgusting. Like every you can poke holes in everybody. There's Fournette at the top, which you like. I mean, I guess you could say Le'Veon, but even then, yeah, I don't know. He hasn't been particularly good. I mean, he's gotten there through volume, you know, but like his efficiency numbers are, are way down this year. So they don't really seem like they want to, when they get close, they don't really seem like they want to give him the ball. Like it's, it feels like they're, they're throwing a lot more in the red zone. Um, and you know, even more importantly, like inside the 10, then they're just turning around and handing it off to him. Um, you know, again, we'd Jacobs is a good matchup, but what's the what's the game script look like there? If they're if they're behind ten points, are are they going to start throwing him the ball? He's had a few games where he had you know two, three, five targets, and then last week he had one where they got blown out, so he was pretty much neutralized. So this whole range is kind of dead to me. Um, I mean, I, I kind of want to. If you think that if you think that Baltimore is just going to roll anyway, then I think Mark Ingram is fine too, um, and you could put him together with Lamar and get all the all the touchdowns there. But that's like again, that's more contrarian and and like a one off thing than like a cash play or anything. All right, so moving down then, who are some potential cash plays? Because we need to pair somebody with McCaffrey, right? So who are you looking at? Uh, you know, maybe that's going to save us a little bit of money. I, I think Sanders is still in play. <clears throat> what is he? 54. Yeah. 5,400. He was on the field for all, but like 12 snaps last week. He had 17 opportunities the week before he had 15. So even as, um, you know, as Jay Ajayi is sort of, I guess, being worked into the fold, like he, he really didn't do anything last week. I think he was on the field, like, for eight snaps or something. Um, so Sanders, I think is definitely still in play at his price again, man. Like, I don't know. It's I'm scrolling through and I just saw David Johnson is 4,600. Like what a, what a world we're living in. Yeah. Um, That's pretty crazy. I mean, I, 
I think I'm done with Miles. I really do. Like, I, I don't know. He's not particularly good. It's Miami, good. man. You, you were just saying. <laughs> no, I know. And I. this is more of a GPP take. Like, I think that as far as the value plays go, he is one of the stronger ones on the slate. But I'm not ready to roster him again at, you know, 30 plus percent ownership. Like, it's just, it it, it hasn't worked yet this year. And I, I'm starting to think it's just never going to. Yeah. Like, the one good week that he had, he ripped off a 65-yard ca- uh, carry. But, like, other than that, he's been pretty inefficient on the ground. Like, he hasn't looked great with more volume. I, I think I may just be done with him. Like, I think I'd rather go down to Benny Snell if I'm going to get lower oh, ownership on him. Talk about bad football players. <laughs> he he did more last week than, than, uh, than Sanders has done all season. So. He's- not good. I I hear you, dude. You have like eleven you know, points. I'm looking for volume, and he's getting it right now. <sighs> I also am am still very much interested in Philip Lindsay. Yeah. Uh, last week was a very bad game script for him against Buffalo, but I do believe the coaching staff when they say that they're trying to lean on him more now. Uh, I do think that if they get into a situation where they're playing a you know competitive game and they're not down two touchdowns early that he could be looking at a big workload so i think 5k for him is uh is very reasonable yeah um what about jonathan williams i know that he's uh he's had what 100 yards over 100 yards in the last couple of games he caught a few pass he doesn't really catch a lot of passes i guess that's the downside but um 5300 for for the workload that he he could potentially see i think might be uh worth kicking the tires on yeah, it's fine. To me, he's he, him and Benny Snell are like the same guy, like to me. So, except Jonathan Williams can run. Like Benny Snell <laughs> is about as fast as uh, Ross Dwelly. Jonathan Williams averaged four yards a carry last week. Let's not put him in the Hall of Fame, all right? But he um, looks like he could be in the NFL. Like Benny Snell, when he runs, looks like he is like out on a turkey trot. <laughs> Hey, sometimes you know it's about patience. You got to find the hole. No, he's he's trying to run. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do think that Williams is in play though for sure. Like, it do, does it concern you at all that uh, Wilkins will be one week now removed for from injury? Like, it seemed like their plan really was never to get him involved last week, but now that he's another week removed, maybe it's more. Maybe he works more into the offense. Like the guy was around when they had Marlon Mack, so it seems illogical to me that he would just become irrelevant now that they have Jonathan Williams. I mean, I, I'm not that concerned now. I, I they they haven't really shown, even dating back to last year, <clears throat> they haven't really shown much of a, a desire to get him the ball. Like he he kind of has topped out at like four or five carries, even you know in the in these situations so i don't know i'm not that concerned i think williams is cheap enough that you can you can probably get away with it even if they do work wilkins in and obviously this is the this is the real patrick laird week right oh he's gonna he's gonna (laughs) score like 74 DraftKings points he's gonna look like derrick henry i'm just kidding do not play patrick laird no siege if you're listening play patrick laird (laughs) Uh, anybody else 
GPP option maybe that you want to talk about? Somebody that uh, maybe could be a little bit overlooked this week? Uh, depending on the situation with uh, with Kansas City, with Damian Williams, I think that um, I believe they just signed someone. Uh, maybe Elijah McCoy. I forget who it was exactly, but they just signed someone. So it looks and he missed practice uh, today with Damian Williams. So um, you could maybe get away with like a punt, a GPP punt with like Darrell Williams or McCoy or somebody if you want to go that route. Nothing crazy, not cash. But if Damian Williams doesn't play, they'll they'll see plenty of work. Yeah, that's interesting. That's that's a pretty good call. I'm not sure which guy would would be the preferred target. I mean, I think I probably lean Daryl Williams just because he's not a hundred, but at the same time, <laughs> McCoy, McCoy might get the majority of the work. So, yeah, and I, it's a it's probably you know most of the rushing goes to McCoy and most of the passing down work goes to Williams, and then you just kind of gotta hope that you find the touchdown there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you did bring up Josh Jacobs. I think it's worth circling back on him, like. If Oakland can keep this game competitive, he's going to to smash. Yeah, like he oh, he had he had ninety nine yards on twelve carries the first time these two teams played, <laughs> but that was all. That was it. Twelve carries, no targets. So right. we need we need a little bit more from Oakland. Uh, and you don't feel great about Oakland after they just got throttled by the Jets. So it's something I'm monitoring. I think in game stacks, Jacobs makes a lot of sense. Uh, if you're, if you want to stack up Kansas city and run it back with somebody, you don't normally think of, of a running back being in that spot, but Jacobs might be the exception. Yeah. Before I move on to wide receivers, I just want to talk to you guys about my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? If so, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn that knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For example, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Uh, we just did a story over at Action Network on this kid, Parlay Pats. He's won something like four hundred grand over the past month. Just betting parlays, so it's definitely a reasonable way to uh, to try and make some money. And if you are going to try and bet this season, do the smart thing. Head over to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, mybookie will match your deposit 100% all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $1,000, you're going to get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer once again. Promo code ROTOVIS to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. Okay, wide receivers. Uh, Week, week, week of wide receivers, right? No Michael Thomas, who has basically just become the wide receiver god this season. Uh, No Julio Jones. That leaves us with Tyreek Hill at the top. He's 8,900 on DraftKings, which... Feels expensive, but he is the most expensive guy there. Uh, we've also got Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, and Devontae Adams all priced at 7K or higher. So 
Uh, first, what are your thoughts on Tyreek? Is 8,900 too much for him? And if so, do you think any of these other guys are better plays? I mean, 8,900 is... It's a lot for anybody not named Michael Thomas. It's rough, man. I mean, I know, you know, a few a few games ago, we saw Tyreek Hill literally see 19 targets, which is just completely stupid. Um, but, you know, he left the he left the last game... Early only played seven snaps. I know that they had their buy since then, and they're saying that he's, uh, you know, that he's fine. But that's still a little bit concerning. Paying eighty nine hundred for a guy who apparently has a balky hamstring, I think, is a little, uh, a little steep for me. Obviously, if you're gonna, if you're gonna stack Mahomes, you should be considering Hill. But it, he's definitely not a cash play, like by <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. He is not. He's not Michael Thomas. Like the the looks that he's going to get are not always going to translate into production the way that uh, a Michael Thomas would. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, he probably does have the highest ceiling on the slate, so I think that does make yeah. sense. Um, but like you said, not a cash play. He has seen more volume this year. It feels like, but a lot of those targets are going to be deep down the field where you know, the probability of him coming up with the catch is not as great. So right. even though Tyreek Hill is the best deep ball wide receiver in the league right now, he still isn't going to catch those at the same rate that Michael Thomas is going to catch his, you know, slants and stuff. So yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I will be looking at him in stacks with Mahomes, but otherwise I think he's going to be a fade for me. I do want to throw out Devontae Adams. Um, you kind of said like, who do you even stack Aaron Rodgers with if you are stacking Rodgers against the Giants? And my answer is, why not Devontae Adams? <laughs> you know, like double-digit tar- targets every week since he's come back from injury. Uh, I understand that he hasn't been the most productive player with those targets, but he did catch a touchdown last week. He had over 100 yards the week prior. So I think our, uh, Devontae Adams at 7K feels too cheap for me given the matchup yeah I mean the the problem has just been like there's something wrong with (laughs) with Aaron Rodgers right now he does not look uh he does not look sharp whatsoever and yeah like you said the production hasn't necessarily been there but obviously he's he's in play and the Giants can if they can make Trubisky look good I'm sure that they can make uh make Rodgers look good too um other than that like I feel like this let's call it from like like 6500 up like Keenan Allen and up or really you could probably include Landry in that I feel like they're the ceilings with the exception of Hill are so like tightly bunched like do you feel like there's somebody that's just way I mean obviously you can if you hit on one of the Tampa guys and it ends up working out that's the ceiling but I mean the uncertainty that comes with that probably you know, lowers your confidence in the ceiling in general. So I don't know. Do you, do you have a, do you have a favorite, um, I guess just like dropping below Adams into that little range from like Allen to, to Evans or yeah, Mike Evans, like he's now the cheaper of the two Tampa Bay wide receivers by a pretty significant amount. Right. And it was Chris Godwin's turn last week, so clearly that means it's now oh, Mike Evans' don't, turn. Please don't be one of those people. Please don't. <laughs> it's please how, don't it's do that. how it's been Just, working that's not, all year. That isn't how it's worked at all. It has not been like, oh, one and then the other and then back and then the other and then back. Please don't do that. 
I mean, it pretty much airwaves, has been. It has not. It has been. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on. Let's go down to uh, to the next tier. I mean, anybody in this mid-range that stands out, we'll say like 5,500 up to Mike Evans. Like, Because to me, this, this is the dead tier. Like, I, I don't really know who to target out of any of these guys. Um, you know, like I'm certainly not buying the Cleveland guys now coming off of uh, a good week, like now that they've been priced up. Uh, I'm always going to be interested in Cortland Sutton. I guess that's my answer. I like Cortland Sutton, but I want Drew Locke in the lineup. Yeah, so. and it seems like it's trending that way. Um, so hopefully we actually get to see what that looks like because no matter what, it can't be worse. Like he, <laughs> Sutton saw eight targets last week and was only able to catch one of them. So yeah. um, it really won't get any worse than that. Um, no, I think I think Parker is I mentioned him already. I think Parker's in play. He has seen uh double digit targets in four of the last uh seven games. He's just he's the he's the offense. Like he's just getting all the targets. Um and I think Kirk is fine there too at, at fifty seven hundred. Um and you can even go down to fifty five hundred with Boyd. Like Dalton coming back is at worst lateral, right? Like it's, pro- it's probably a positive. And I mean, they, Ryan Finley has been ass. Right. And they, they, you know, Dalton and Boyd had a connection through the first few weeks of the season. There were targets to be had. Um, so I, those are kind of my three favorites. Um, it's, it's a Sutton is a little bit more hopeful. Like I, I hope that that works out. I'll definitely, try to figure out a way to get him in. But I think I prefer those three uh, slightly over Sutton. But then that's like, that's the range. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's logical. I, I like all of those plays as well. I think that makes sense. All right, let's dip into the value territory. Anybody standing out as like a strong source of savings this week at the wide receiver position? Uh, Like real deep. I, just continuing to sort of go down... From from where we were, we mentioned Marquise Brown earlier. I think that he makes uh, sense in stacks. If you want to go that way with Lamar, I think A.J. Brown, um, at some point, it, they, they're just going to have to start force-feeding this guy targets. Tannehill has played well. Um, you know, A.J. Brown had four catches for 135 yards last week. Uh, so... He he has that ability, even if he's you know only seeing like a half dozen targets. So he's a guy that I'm definitely still interested in. It it thins out like pretty pretty quick. Like Alex Erickson is the only other living member uh, in Cincinnati. So if you don't think that if you don't think Boyd is going to do anything, then uh, you could maybe tell yourself. Or I, I might be wrong. Tate might be back. Yeah, no, never mind. I lied. Um, but yeah, like this is, this is real, real slim pickings. Like you could, you could throw some darts down here, but there, I don't think there's like a, an absolute smash, um, down in this range. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to find somebody that you're like, okay, I want to put this guy in my cash team. This Yeah. Like so. people, I, I don't know. Are people going to galaxy brain themselves into Tim Patrick again? Like that's the only other. <laughs> I don't know. I never got that one. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. But, you it's know, a, it's a special did, breed. 
he did have a, a whopping three targets last week. You know, anytime you can play Brandon Allen's number two wide receiver, you got to do it. And and really number three option behind Font too. <laughs> <laughs> um, one guy I want to shout out just from an upside perspective is Robbie Anderson. If you are buying the Jets, uh, you know, sort of resurgence here, the Darnold resurgence, I think Anderson has some upside at 4,800. Like, we saw this with, with Anderson down the stretch last year. I think that he is, like, the next level for Dol- for Darnold, right? Like, when he's uncomfortable, he's checking it down, he's throwing it to, you know, Jameson Crowder, he's throwing it to the tight ends, he's throwing it to the running backs. When he starts to feel comfortable is when he starts looking for Anderson a little bit more on some of these downfield shots. Yeah. And we finally have seen him start to connect a little bit with him. So yeah, I, I think that the upside is starting to trend in the right direction for Robbie Anderson as well. And then Day Day Westbrook, just to throw another name out there. Yeah, he's definitely going to go off because I'm benching him in like my home league. So I'm <laughs> sure he's going to go bonkers this week. <laughs> I need a life hedge with him in a couple lineups. <laughs> All right, let's get into the tight ends. We've got Travis Kelsey back on the main slate. We have George Kittle, who, uh, you know, did his best impersonation of, uh, dang, I can't even remember who it was. That old Madden clip when the guy scores a touchdown on one leg. Do a oh, 14. <laughs> did his best impersonation playing with, with a broken leg, essentially. Uh Hunter Henry is in in play at 5,800. And, of course, Zach Ertz uh, has been just a, a man amongst boys recently. Not a ton of yards. I mean, 90 yards. You'll take 90 yards from a tight end. But lots of targets, lots of catches, and he's found the end zone a couple times. So is this a week where you're paying up at tight end? You said you've you've been having success paying down at tight end. So will you be employing that strategy again this week? Yeah, I did say that. And then... Uh... Then Dallas Goddard happened. <laughs> um, like, how poorly do you need to run to have seven catches and only score nine points on DraftKings? Like, that's just, <laughs> that's absurd. Not seven targets, seven catches. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Um, but, uh, I mean, if if the wide receiver core in Philly continues to just be decimated and they don't have back, they're just going to keep running these two tight end sets and they're both going to be on the field. Goddard and Ertz are going to be on the field a majority of the time. Like Goddard came off the field, I think 12 snaps, I want to say. Um, no, not even 10 snaps last week, which for a, a second tight end is absurd. Um, it's not something that we're used to seeing. They're, they're just going to keep, they're just going to keep running 12 and, and be, you know, that team. Um, so I I think that you could you could get away with either of those guys. Um, Ertz I think had 14 targets or whatever it was last week. Kelsey is fine in stacks, but like you're not getting up to him in in cash under. I mean if you if you do, God bless because I just think that that's a that's a weird way to spend your money. <laughs> right, it means um, you most likely don't have McCaffrey. Right, yeah, like you're not. You would have to make some pretty disgusting decisions to make both of those fit in a cash lineup. In a Andy tournament Dalton. lineup, you're like, all right, but in a in a cash lineup, not so much. Um, I I don't really, I don't think I want to play Hunter Henry. Like, I think the I think the Chargers go in the tank here. Um, I think Denver's just gonna like after last week they got embarrassed. Like the Chargers are bad. 
Philip Rivers is dead. Like, I don't know. I, I don't really <laughs> I don't really see I don't really see a light at the end of the tunnel for the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, but what are we doing with Waller? Because the Renfro's out. He broke a couple of ribs. Uh, and he got called in to substitute for a trigonometry class this week <laughs> at the at the high school he works for. Hey, he's he's got to get ready for Clemson's bowl games, you know. <laughs> so I mean, he Waller had six targets last week. Um, it, he he averaged about two and a half more targets before Renfro sort of started stealing those targets away. Do we think that he's going to? Uh, you know, break back out, or do you think that like Waller's season is just over? I, I don't think it's over. I mean, I still believe in the talent. The problem is, is that like his price has barely budged. You know, like yeah. why has his price not come down? It's hard to make a buy low case for somebody when their price hasn't moved. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so when you're like, buying as much, same price. <laughs> as, as, as much as I would like to say yes, this is a good spot to to consider a Darren Waller bounce back, like there's no value in the price tag right now. So uh, I I do, again, I think it's a good spot and I think he's a good player, but will this be the week? I honestly don't know. Yeah. Uh, I will say if you're paying down a little bit, the corpse of Jimmy Graham kind of is appealing at 3,800 against the Giants. Uh, The Giants haven't stopped the tight end in what Jones, like a decade and a half. I I don't think it's happened in my lifetime, to be honest. <laughs> you know, like, and if you're like, oh, well, Jimmy Graham stinks. He can't run anymore. It doesn't matter. Jason Witten has been running all over the Giants for a decade, you know, including this season. So uh, I still think that the corpse of Jimmy Graham has some viability. Uh, he's not as cheap as you would typically like, you know, like a punt type tight end. But I do think that the matchup gives him some some viability. You're you're missing you're missing the smash play here, buddy. Okay. It's Jack it's Jack Doyle week. Yeah. Ebron's dead. Mm. Ebron's on IR now. Like it's right. over. It's it's Jack Doyle's season. That's it. Thirty three hundred. Lock him up. You're gonna give him, you know, six, seven targets, and it's just gonna be you're just gonna run away with uh with everything in cash this week. All right. I like that. That makes sense to me. Nobody cheaper though. Like I don't like anybody after that. Yeah, that's that seems logical. That's I mean, <laughs> the the Tampa Bay guys can't trust either of them. No. Uh, and then once you get under three K, it's like who even are these people? So right, yeah, like all the all the Caden Smith people got there uh, last week. He he had he had seventeen receiving yards on six targets. Just. <laughs> completely absurd but he scored a touchdown so that'll that's all that really mattered (laughs) all right let's wrap this bad boy up like we usually do with defense where are you going defensively this week uh luckily for you they have put a couple sub 2k options back on the board so they didn't they didn't get down to 15 though that's the that's the issue i could have i could have done a lot with that extra 500 bucks uh actually if I would have just not rostered a defense, I would have scored more points. So that worked out pretty pretty poorly. Um, oh God, yeah. I mean, I think the the realistic cheaper option as far as like sack upside goes would probably be Washington at twenty five hundred. Um, but I'm just probably gonna play Oakland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's hard. I can't make too much fun of you because I said. 
I wouldn't play Atlanta at 1500 against New Orleans, even if they were free. And Atlanta went out and smashed. So, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Oakland will smash against Kansas City. I don't think it's going to happen, but what do I know? Um, Cleveland seems like they're going to be the, you know, sort of like the, the most popular option going up against my man, Duck. But I think that's a mistake. Uh, I really do. I think Duck is okay, and Cleveland's on the road, and they don't have Miles Garrett, and they're just not. Wait, why not? Team. Did something happen? <laughs> yeah, Mason, <laughs> ask Mason Rudolph. I missed uh, that. <laughs> I prefer Arizona in this price range at twenty three hundred because because the Rams just stink, and you know Arizona's coming off of a bye, so uh, I like Arizona to win that game outright as three point underdogs. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I like I wrote up uh for for Sharp, I wrote up stacking Carolina with uh you know, with McCaffrey for the correlation and because uh you know, I it's not a cash play by any means, but they've had they've had multiple sacks in every game this year and obviously you know who they're facing at the quarterback position. So there, there's definitely going to be some mistakes made by Dwayne Haskins. So I think that you can, uh, in tournaments, you can figure out a way to get there. I think that it's that's fine this week. Definitely not in cash. That's stupid if you're doing that. If you're paying 3800 for defense in cash, it's Matt 13 Jones. Send the head-to-heads <laughs> whenever you I will. Can. I will say, uh, as far as like stacking Carolina with McCaffrey... Their correlation is much lower than you would expect to see from a running back in a defense, which makes sense when you think about what McCaffrey brings to the table, right? Like his best games might come when when the offense needs to throw the ball a little bit more. So, yeah, the the correlations are always going to be better for you know the, the Derrick Henrys types. of the world yeah. and the Josh Jacobs of the world than than for McCaffrey. Like I'm sure it's similar with Kamara. If you looked at the Saints defense, it's probably a, a similar deal. <clears throat> I could if you want me to. Well, I mean, the the people are 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 clamoring for it now and that they're going to be listening to this after the game, so they'll already know if there was a good uh, a good correlation or not. So, the correlation between New Orleans and Kamara is 27%. The only player with a greater correlation, Keith Kirkwood. There you go. Well, Uh, you just got to jam him in then. (laughs) (laughs) On the Panther side, McCaffrey is only 9%. So it is a bit smaller than you would think. I mean, now granted, it's a small sample size. We're only talking 16 games here, but just just something to think about. All right. I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, We'll wrap it up a little bit early this week so you can start drinking and I can start eating for Start Thanksgiving. Drinking. I've been drinking, fella. <laughs> <laughs> for Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter, at Matt Jones TFR. I'm Matt LaMarca, at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to On The Daily, the Road of His Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Road of His Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.